Onassis Foundation and Movement Radio present The Archipelago, a podcast series that follows ideas erupting from the abyss of human activity. Hosted by Yanis Orestis Papadimitriou. is not a solid terrain piling up on its own remains. It is the sum of every clouded memory and half-spoken word, forever in flux, always dissolving in the sea of history. It is an anarchic patchwork of thought and creativity, hidden behind grand narratives of actions. The minor overtaken by the major and erased from the record. The archipelago. The fluid territory of emerging thought is the recovered record. Since her influential book Network Culture, Politics for the Information Age came out in 2004, theorist and activist Tiziana Taranova has been studying the workings of technology's effects on society. She has elaborated on these themes in numerous essays and has been part of many research groups that dive into the various ways social relations are organized and mediated. In this episode, Tiziana Terranova talks about her recent work on the concept of recursive colonialism, how colonialism is reproduced through repetition and diversification, as well as her interest in how technology affects the Mediterranean and the importance of looking at the history of technology from a non-Western perspective. This is The Archipelago, a weekly show on movement radio. I'm Jens Orespo Dimitriou. This episode was recorded in lockdown mode and was edited by Stefanos Kostadinidis. Tiziana Terranova, welcome to the archipelago. Hello, hello. So this conversation picks up from the recent conference uh, on recursive colonialism, artificial intelligence and speculative computation. I would like to ask you to introduce us the idea of recursive colonialism uh, since it is a novel concept, I think. We haven't heard about this before. Uh, yes, actually, uh, this was a concept that was initially developed by Luciana Parisi and Ezekiel Dixon Roman uh, in a special issue of the online version of Social Text, um, the journal. Uh, but then we discussed it. We had uh, we started this group, uh, which is called um, the Critical Computation Bureau, uh, and it's formed. I mean, the members are um, uh, Luciana. Ezekiel, myself, Brian D'Aquino, and Oana Parvan. So we met uh, um, throughout the pandemic, really, uh, between the United States, uh, uh, Italy, and England, uh, uh, to discuss the organization of this conference, uh, which was to revolve around this concept. So we kind of uh, uh, learned to develop it together and uh, wrote the manifesto together. Uh, the idea is uh, to think about uh, colonialism uh, as also entailing uh, 
an element uh, which is uh, usually, uh, you know, as kind of working through a process uh, which is associated with technology. Uh, we know the recursivity uh, uh, defines uh, the ways in which computational machines operate. It's like, you know, the past is fed, the, the results of a past operation or process are fed back into the system. Uh, a new uh, treatment, a new process, a new computation is performed, and what comes out is not the exact same thing as before, but it always involves something new. So it's kind of a notion of repetition and difference is involved, but in a way that also combines uh, uh, technological and scientific thinking. So it's like feedback, right? So there's continuous, uh, uh, once a colonial logic uh, was invented, uh, which is also a thanapolitical logic. It's a logic that uh, uh, distributes a differential value to or to the life and deaths of different segments of the population. The invention of the colonial logic and also techniques of government, uh, segmentations, uh, partitions, uh, ranking, uh, they are not just something that belongs to the past, but they are something that, you know, it's like keeps coming back, it's continuously recomputed uh, by uh, uh, political processes uh, in ways that regenerate uh, colonialism, but not so much as a system, it's more like a, a procedural uh, operation. So I think what we were interested in uh, was to understand how uh, colonialism returns also in contemporary forms of governments and uh, also in computation. And this is also starting from uh, uh, the critique that especially Luciana and Etzikiel carried out of uh, computational thinking, uh, where what they underline is the fact that we are not, it's not a mechanical kind of thinking, but it's actually uh, really very much uh, haunted by incompleteness, indeterminacy and uncertainty. So how you can you intervene into this process of recursivity to kind of produce different outcome. You know, how do you get into that cycle, uh, which is not a closed cycle, it's a regenerating cycle, but it's also a cycle that opens up new things. So recursive colonialism, I, I think uh, that sense of it, of kind of opening up, uh, up, making a bridge between uh, uh, critiques and histories of colonialism, and also contemporary debates uh, about the nature of technology or the essence of technology, and even in a kind of historical sense, and uh, its contemporary operation, the, the kind of uh, uh, computational communication technologies uh, that we get today. So, so as you said, the recursion uh, works in ways that are uh, defined by repetition. Uh, new feedbacks come into the cycle, and uh, there is a way that um, that this process alters the social. Uh, it alters societies. So it, it's like an oppressive meme of sorts. This is how it works. Uh not really, because the meme is still, I think, uh, I mean, there's a social element to the meme, which also makes it quite unpredictable, because you never kind of know how or where a meme is going to end, right? So uh, it's a social that performs the computation uh, with the meme. So yes, in that sense. But it's important to understand uh, that uh, the recursivity of colonialism is not just about repetition of the same with minimum of variation. 
but because it involves a number of contingent events, so it's like the ingress of contingency, uh, uh, it, it presents much more unpredictable and also systemic uh, features than uh, uh, the repetition of a meme, if you know what I mean, because it's a computational process, uh, while a meme is like the sign of uh, maybe a computational process underneath, so maybe, yeah, maybe in a sense. But I think it's important that we should not understand it as simply a matter of repetition with a minimum variation of the same. You know, there's actually things that are happening uh, when that returns, in, in the process of return. Hey, what, what kind of things, actually? I mean, if we can see them in everyday phenomena, because, you know, this whole idea uh, kind of reminds me of this, uh, this critique that was first, um, uh, uh, you know, articulated in the 1970s, maybe 1980s. I think there's a, there might be a root of this there, of the colonization of everyday life. Um, yes. if, we, if we were to understand of, uh, how this works on everyday terms, uh, where could we find it? Is there a case study that could uh, show it? I think it's what I found interesting, and that is why it was really good to have uh, Ravi Sundaram uh, in the conference, uh, uh, was his paper on uh, the post-colonial -post city, right, which does not deploy that kind of uh, framework, but it, it kind of allows you to see something like that. So what he says is that uh, there was the colonial city, uh, and, uh, you know, he had a certain kind of, uh, uh, as in Delhi, he had, there was a master plan, he had a certain kind of structure, uh, there was a post-colonial, uh, the colonial city came back as post-colonial city, so it was a kind of different project uh, altogether, uh, but at the same time it kind of recycled all the elements of the older project, but it's still, you know, in that change, uh, the kind of culture of the city and the politics uh, also took a new turn. And then there is the kind of post-colonial post city where the kind of the recursivity process has uh, dissolved the separation between uh, the social and the medial, creating uh, what he calls uh, agile infrastructures of possibilities, uh, which are also open in uh, that kind of space, uh, right, uh, which are completely ambivalent. So they're not, you know, the kind of thinking about the hidden virality of WhatsApp groups, which are like completely unpredictable. You know, they could go anyway, uh, in a way. So uh, things, different things are happening, and it's not so much a question of saying, you know, that there is an automaticity of the process uh, which produces something good. But I think the point was to say that if you look at the recursive process, that's where you find the possibilities of intervention. You also have to look at what's happening that is new, like what is happening in Africa uh, right now, you know, with technology and ecology, also the kind of artistic uh, production and the kind of uh, uh, cultures of technology which are uh, both opposing the, the, the transformation of, of many uh, places in Africa is this kind of dumps for e-waste, but at the same time, you know, what is happening there that is causing, that is opening possibilities. I think it's a, of course, it's a provocative argument and it's conceptual argument, so, you know, it's, it's good to think, to, to, to test it, 
to see, you know, what, what is it that you can, uh, whether the, the idea of recursivity as a logic of uh, this returning colonialism can actually allow you to see uh, new things. So I think, yes, you're right, it needs to be tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but uh, you, you mentioned some things like uh, artistic practice or the uh, the WhatsApp groups, um, which uh, they sound like practices of resistance of sorts. Like, let's say they, they could be uh, the anti-colonial resistance of what you're describing, if, I, if I'm getting this right. Uh, do they also appear in organized form? Because these are, you know, like random events in existing in this culture. But uh, can we find this uh, as a, um, uh, I don't know how to say, as a practice that is organized? It was in the conference you had uh, um, uh, Nick Dyer-Witherford, right, who talked about riot platforms and uh, his, his work together with a group of researchers that he's working with is to see how uh, the kind of platforms so that or the, the computational infrastructures which are Uh, mostly uh, critiqued and rightly so has been uh, infrastructure surveillance and and control also have this kind of ambivalent uh, possibility they've also become like uh, uh, riot infrastructure riot platforms which have allowed the organization actually groups uh, in ways that they have mapped uh, through their website so you know I'm reluctant to see it all as a question of resistance Uh, because of course, you know, it, resistance uh, is is um, this beautiful book by Howard Kagan, right, about resistance, where he looks at all the different meanings uh, historically that this idea has had, you know, from uh, the classical uh, texts about war uh, to Gandhi to Martin Luther King to the kind of the whole history of the colonial uh, movement, and uh, so in resistance, uh, he actually opens up. Uh, the concept of resistance, so it makes it something which is more, uh, of course, the resistance in World War Two, right, which has become like one of the main symbols of uh, resistance as guerrilla war. And then he says that resistance is something like, it's about the increase in your capacity to resist. So it's, it's about, you know, the, an increase in power. But I, I think the resistance uh, is one side. So you resist, like with, like with Black Lives Matter, So you're resisting uh, oppression uh, by police and uh, kind of thanopolitical killings. But in that return of the kind of colonial thanatopolitics and racists, which makes black bodies more liable to death, also, you know, through the uh, deployment of technology, uh, something else is happening, uh, that, you know, like the idea of abolition of the police, uh, has uh, um, made a comeback, uh, and it's also been articulated, kind of abolitionist politics are also coming back. So it's not just about resistance, but it's also producing new ideas uh, and also new kinds of practices. Uh, something else is always uh, happening, and uh, you know maybe that is the space of agency. Um, recently, I just reread uh, Foucault's uh, Uh, um, what is enlightenment text, you know, it's a kind of very famous classic text and there is a way it kind of takes uh, Kant up on the project of enlightenment uh, where uh, Kant says, uh, you know, what is enlightenment and then uh, it goes 
also in this famous piece about the exit from a condition of, uh, uh, it's like being underage, right? I read it in Italian, so the English words are, <laughs> you know, are not coming easily to me. Uh, and then he says that uh, we're still, you know, in the project of modernity, which was about questioning the conditions in which we live, what has made us what we are uh, in, the, in, the, in our attempt to change it. You know, to go make it with something else, and that uh, it's not about um, the wholesale refoundation of society according to whole new print, but about opening, you know, uh, those spaces where you can actually make uh, make a difference. So how do you do that if you do not stand by a consideration of, uh, I mean, at this historical moment of how past structures of oppression are coming back through the newest technologies? And uh, but they are, you know, the ways in which they are coming back uh, is not as a mere uh, dead repetition of the past, but they also need to incorporate uh, the contingency of uh, the present forces, such as an unprecedented capacity of coordination, which has become available, with the limits that such capacities uh, carries out, ephemerality, for example, in organized form. So, you know, it seems to me um, that there is work to do there and there is a, a need to kind of think about uh, uh, these questions uh, in, new, in new ways, which is uh, still uh, uh, are marks of, uh, marks of the kind of the tradition of uh, uh, critique and uh, that we are still somehow uh, located in, uh, in the most positive sense, the critique of the present you know, in, in ways that tries to open up uh, different possibilities. So you have to think about how, uh, you know, computational forms of reason and technology, you know, what do they open up? Because uh, we are kind of uh, uh, stuck sometimes. Uh, it's not true in all cases. There's a lot of very interesting work done, but between uh, the usual position, which are like uh, the, 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 the critique of, the current state of things, of the ways in which these new technologies are constantly uh, bringing back, you know, all the old power structures and uh, with new concentrations of power, uh, with new capacities for surveillance. So, you know, more surveillance, more concentration of power, more ignorance <laughs> rather than, you know, more knowledge, all these things. And then on the other side, you have uh, minority voices say, you know, you can actually repurpose these technologies, uh, you know, in these technologies there is a potential. Uh, you, we need to appropriate them, we need an organized movement which takes charge of the instrument again and, and you know, we can be masters rather than slaves of this technology. And I think what has been interesting for me to learn uh, while studying also uh, the, the, the kind of uh, this, this, new, this new convergence of computation and, and communication is that, uh, you know, if you want really to kind of uh, push into a different direction, the kind of development that we uh, are going through now, then you have to start thinking about the way in which technology works and the logical recursivity and contingency, uh, which is, uh, of course, UQ's um, recent book, is also a logic that can be politicized. 
Uh, you know, I, I can't help but notice that uh, up until this moment we've been talking about uh, the concept um, in, in, in terms of uh, technology, of uh, politics, of power structures. Uh, yet I'm curious if um, if there's also a, uh, a cultural uh, aspect to it. And if so, if there is a cultural form of uh, recursive colonialism, what is it that colonizes and what is it that's being colonized in that sense? Sense. Hello. When I, I mean, I've been working on um, social media in a very. It's not like social media as such, but as something that is happening through social media that I find interesting, and you can see that, right? All the. I think that what uh, the the convergence of communication and computation in digital social networks has done is has literally uh, produced a new uh, decoding and deterritorialization of all forms of knowledge, which uh, also the ones that take the form of opinions and kind of old ideas and which used to be bounded and confined within social groups and spaces and just, uh, you know, put them into circulation. So culturally, you have, you know, everything is there, you know, everything that was like confined to social groups, to local social networks, uh, to bounded communities uh, has been put into circulation. I think that's what we might call a techno-social culture. Right. A culture uh, where uh, the, 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 which is basically structured around uh, uh, the technical codification of social networks uh, as medium of circulation. So you have all kind of uh, racist um, ideas uh, which were a corollary of uh, colonialism. Uh, you know, it's a, a knowledge, the knowledge uh, form that they produced. It couldn't work without kind of racist uh, epistemologies. So they have been literally put into circulation in ways uh, that have created a lot of chaos, but which are also a challenge because there's racism and anti-racism. Uh, there is uh, all kind of, you know, everything is kind of circulating uh, right now. So that's a cultural uh, challenge, you know, of how you operate within this new, this new this new context where the social has become a medium of circulation uh, which at the same time is also a, a kind of computational pattern uh, because uh, when we communicate when we uh, put into circulation our opinions and beliefs by sending them as messages and memes and videos put them online and they get forwarded and copied and liked and shared, or maybe they just uh, uh, stay there. At the same time, they also get processed, right, <laughs> and, uh, as data, and then they're fed back into the system. Uh, um, so you know this um, scandal about the firing of Tipnit Gebru, the uh, black um, uh, scientist or researchers uh, working at Google ethical AI program. 
and, and that's a field where you can see, you know, the kind of the, the culture, uh, which is still uh, this kind of uh, depository of uh, uh, colonial uh, attitudes uh, and ideas, and which we inherited from that history, and which they are being literally uh, computed by this new uh, language uh, generators, uh, artificial intelligences, right, and, and put back into circulation. So it's it's a it's a challenging situation and uh, um, it requires so that we uh, uh, keep thinking and, and you know and just try to understand uh, um, in which way you can intervene. What are the new limits that we are encountering of our politics, our ways to think politically about change, uh, the power structures that we meet? Yeah, but 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 isn't this? Oh, I'm sorry. Absolutely sanctioned. Hey, but isn't this uh, the the circulation that you described? Apart from the part that uh, you know, uh, our opinions and our, the content we produce becomes da data. Actually, what we are producing as ideas turns out becoming data. Uh, the, I mean. Haven't ideas always been um, uh, in this process of circulation? Maybe it was slower. Maybe it was, uh, I don't know, it had different forms. It was more limited. But still, the idea of a public sphere, a publicity, let's say, wasn't, uh, wasn't just an idea of uh, circulation. It wasn't yes. just the circulation of ideas. Uh, that is interesting. That is something that, I, um, you know, that I've been um, kind of trying to look at historically as well. So you have... Uh, uh, this idea of uh, the idea circulated in civil society, right? I mean, we're talking about modernity, of course, mm -hmm. when you actually start having this kind of concept as the public. The public is a modern concept. So ideas circulated in civil society. But civil society was like a closed community. I mean, that, that's also the ways in which it was uh, not a closed community, a bounded community. It was an exclusive set. The civil society did not include uh, include everybody. You know, it was like uh, I'm thinking about the way Adam Ferguson conceptualizes in the 18th century, uh, such as taken up by Foucault uh, in his uh, lectures on, on on biopolitics. So you know, there, there were cafes, there was the press. Uh, they circulated through technical means, but also you know by talking in a ways that was not mediated by technology. But now. You know the, the circulation of ideas is uh, all it's, it's it's completely innervated by technological mediation, completely innervated. And technological mediation uh, takes the form of the uh, technical codification of social relationships. You have a kind of technical uh, computational uh, software definition of who is a friend <laughs> or a follower. <laughs> Right. Uh, uh, friendship is an algorithmic action, as Almond uh, said. You know, uh, um, it's all technically codified. It all involves uh, this massive infrastructure, and the digital social network uh, is, has become the kind of technical form of the social. And, and this uh, gives a new. It's, it's a new condition. Uh, um, there is again a beautiful uh, uh, controversial controversial writings. Uh, by Foucault about the Iranian revolution, uh, where he talks about uh, cassette players and, and the ways in which uh, before the revolution, Tehran was uh, full of the voice, the sound of the voice of Khomeini, uh, because they, it was circulated in uh, cassette tapes, uh, which people you know, were literally playing in the streets. Or think about Fanon, uh, 
uh, instead uh, uh, with uh, Radio Algeria. Right, how things change, how the technology changes when Radio Algeria puts into circulation the voice and the language of a kind of Arab nationalism uh, during the French domination of, of Algeria. Technological mediation uh, changes things. The circulation of ideas is not just speeded up, uh, so it's not just a question of intensification, uh, it's a question of the topology. Uh, of uh, communication which has changed. Uh, its uh, social networks are not bounded by territory, but uh, they are part of a global uh, technical infrastructure. I think the game has changed on the circulation of ideas. I think you might have actually explained this change all the way back in 2004, in a way. I mean, uh, in uh, network culture, you actually used uh, Marx to, to, to explain this, something similar, not exactly what we're talking about. Uh, but uh, the idea of the, the subsumption of labor to capital, which, you know, we, we can say that it's uh, quantitative, in a sense, uh, from typical to full, but it's, uh, you know, there's a threshold from which it also becomes qualitative. It's different being in a state of a typical subsumption than a full yes. subsumption. Is this what yes. has happened to public uh, discourse, let's say? Yes, yes. I think that, that, that's uh, what I'm uh, uh, been struck by, right? You have industrial uh, society, you had technology, of course, but technology was like external to the social. I mean, it, it still changed society. And of course, it was an expression of a certain kind of a drive. So you had industrial machine, you had the assembly line in the factory, and then you know the products of the assembly line made it into the homes, and there were dish, you know, uh, uh, washing machines, uh, refrigerators, uh, uh, and then television. Uh, of course, you had uh, the form of society changed to accommodate this kind of uh, the industrial mode of production. Uh, so you had nuclear family rather than the rural extended families. So you had all of that. It was, it was in, in a sense, it was still a formal subsumption, right, of the social, uh, not on labor. We're talking about the social. Yeah, yeah, but, but I was just uh, you know using the using that as an yeah, allegory in, uh, of sorts. Yeah, yeah. But now you have a kind of a direct subsumption of uh, real subsumption of the social relation. A technology did not, as a form of capital, which it is, is that capital, did not get in the middle of all social relations. Like technology now, it mediates every, everything, all kinds of social relations. Uh, friends and friends, uh, family members, fathers, you know, parents and children, teachers and students, uh, buyers and sellers, uh, musicians and public, politicians and electorate. Like technology is in the middle of all kinds of social relations and all kinds of actions are also technically codified. So I think that is a major shift that you, you really need to take, take into account. Uh, and, and if you think about it uh, recursively, <laughs> you know, rather than just a simple, this kind of colonization, so you have this entanglement of the social and the technological, uh, which is a new condition, they become inseparable. You cannot put one on one side and the, the one on the other side and then see how they can interact. They literally constitute each other. 
Yeah, I have to say I made the mistake of using the terms uh, typical and fool instead of formal and real for some assumption, but I'm translating from Greek, so I might be yeah, excused about this. The same uh, problem with, uh, you know, being bilingual.
Uh, you know, I was uh, particularly interested in your panel with Ian Chambers, and from what I understand, you have started uh, focusing your research on the Mediterranean. Uh, would you like to take us through what you're looking into? Okay, uh, that's not been so much my individual research, but it's more about the kind of context I've been working in um, since 2005 when I, I moved back to Italy. So I moved back to the uh, Mediterranean city of Naples, which, uh, you know, like Athens, uh, is, uh, is a port town as well. And uh, it's, uh, you know, quite different from London <laughs> from that point of view. Uh, and uh, I'm also at the university, which is a school of Oriental and African languages. Uh, and I teach in a course of Mediterranean uh, culture. So, uh, you know, this is a context which is, of course, uh, uh, impacted on uh, my research. So, uh, and but I've been working on that mostly with groups such as uh, uh, the Center for Postcolonial Studies and Gender Studies at Orientale, and also a group called Technoculture Research Unit, uh, which is part of the center, um, mostly younger uh, researchers, but also you know, not so young. Uh, because it's been going on for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And we have been trying um, with uh, these groups and with Ian. Ian is, of course, you know, a very well-known and renowned scholar of the Mediterranean. So he's been uh, really working to kind of uh, um, produce a concept of the, or, or a way of looking at the Mediterranean as a space of uh, great interconnection Right, as a space which is about uh, the, the encounters of and, uh, and mutual constitution of culture, uh, especially it's been working with music and sound, uh, which is, you know, music, of course, and sound in Mediterranean is such a rich source, example of, of this kind of, uh, the fact that you, you cannot separate, you know, the north, the north Mediterranean from the south, which does not even call itself. Uh, Mediterranean. So all the issues of power about colonialism that emerge in this space. Uh, so I have learned a lot from Ian uh, from that point of view. And uh, with the with the group research group, on the other hand, we kind of started looking at uh, uh, how can you think about technology in the Mediterranean, which is a question that is never asked, right? There's no, now there is a book about the question concerning technology in China, which again is EUQ as a thinker, is a, you know, very productive and very challenging, uh, important contemporary thinker. So he, he's kind of told us, uh, uh, look, you have this kind of uh, narrative about technology, which is, you know, it starts in Greece. Uh, and that's where the kind of Mediterranean history kind of stops. So uh, it's Prometheus. You know, that's a kind of uh, origin story about techniques, more than as poiesis, as Heidegger said. Uh, so you got this Promethean uh, story, and then you also have a kind of a anthropological story about uh, the humans. So Promethean story become the story of human, the human the use of technology. Uh, you also also have uh, different stories about the human uh, as a species uh, and uh, and the prosthetic use of technologies, uh, as in Leroy Guran. But then he told us uh, then this kind of uh, then becomes technology in the north. Uh, that's where uh, technique becomes technology in England, right, in Germany. And now the Silicon Valley. Uh, then from there, I kind of moved back to India and China. Uh, and the Mediterranean, uh, you know, is kind of stuck in the past, 
right? Yeah. <laughs> that's where that's where we are. Uh, we don't have we have no technology. You know, we are the kind of the past or that kind of culture. So it was uh, you know uh, it's interesting to question that and questioning that uh, both from the point of view of an archaeology of technology. Or there is media archaeology, but you can also, uh, which is of course again Foucauldian endeavors, uh, in started in Germany, uh, but which again you know travelled uh, south and east uh, to look for the the new in the past, you know to look for like different ideas of technology in the past of technical systems, and uh, you also have uh, research uh, about the kind of algorithmic. Uh, uh, aesthetics of uh, Islamic art, as Laura Marx. Uh, then you have uh, uh, Ron English work on African influences in cybernetics, uh, which is also showing you a kind of different way of, of, of thinking about technology as something which is actually has got multiple traditions. Uh, and then you had this, um, this came later actually, because we had been uh, doing this kind of uh, uh, collective research uh, before that. But then recently you had Yokui with this very influential and popular book, an article about cosmotechnics, where he's saying, uh, you know, you need to look at technology not as something that has a kind of single origin and history, but which uh, is also different lineages. Uh, and then he said, you need to look at technique, techniques and technology as entailing uh, a relationship not between man and tool, as such as instrumental, but between uh, uh, morals and the forces of the cosmos. Right, so that's the idea of cosmotechnics. That in China, you have a different tradition where techniques is a question of the relationship between the cosmic forces and ethics and morals has a different composition. In Taoist tradition, you know, through the idea of Te and the Qi. So, you know, I thought it was interesting how interesting and problematic because he, he kind of this idea has actually been taken up in Asia quite a lot, right? So he says that in Korea, in India, there is work done to recover different models of techniques. You know, they can be rethought so as to fight what he calls the monotechnological culture. So I said there is a kind of monotechnological culture that comes from Silicon Valley. So we saw that uh, also in 2011 with the uh, uprisings in North Africa and the Middle East. Uh, Donatella Tellaratta, this Italian researcher, she uh, wrote a book about her research uh, in Syria uh, in the late 2000 and, 2000 and 2010. So she got to Syria. Uh, as a um, representative of the Creative Commons uh, Foundation, right? So Lessig, Lawrence Lessig. So she got there, and it was, you know, obvious to her that there was a massive effort to kind of promote technology uh, as uh, a mode of uh, making uh, uh, Arabs more like Westerners. Right, so it was more. It was about bringing them into the present, or like producing a new generation of tech-savvy uh, Arab youth, which would change the system from within. Uh, and she showed how that went horribly wrong, because of course, you know, there was already 
a, a work or, or a subjectivity, a, te a technological subjectivity that was for, in, in a process of formation uh, of hackers uh, and, and other people like that who were literally kind of uh, uh, harnessed into this um, form compatible with Western interest, uh, plus this idea, you know, that uh, simply uh, this kind of a network public sphere uh, where you just had to put online um, evidence of uh, authoritarianism, for example, and you will get international backup, did it also work out? Uh, on the contrary, you are in a context where uh, fake news, uh, confusion, uh, right, the new strategies of power are not censorship, but are undermining uh, the very possibility of uh, uh, forming an idea. So, you know, we have seen all of that <laughs> at work. Uh, but at the same time, you know, as with uh, the idea that recursivity doesn't have to be just about repetition and resistance to repetition, but could also be about injecting the process of repetition with something new, you know, as a possibility. How do you uh, not just rediscover, uh, as, which is a bit of a problem sometimes, a kind of a, a native uh, or local Mediterranean uh, technical uh, tradition, which then you can, uh, you know, reactualize. But how you can you make the Mediterranean a space uh, where you can do technology in a way that is not the same, or technological research and development? And thinking, and also a technoculture, right? As well of uh, uh, involvement. And I'm not saying appropriation because you know, again, you're master and slave kind of relationship. And you need to get out of that mode. But how can you get involved in a technological development uh, in ways that starts from different epistemologies, even new ones that you can invent by pieces of the old? Uh, so there's an interesting work on that to do. Yeah, I, I'd also look into the sea itself. I mean, the the, the examples you brought uh, come from the countries that are you know in the Mediter around the Mediterranean basin. But if we think about technology, I mean, the Mediterranean is the space where you will find uh, probably the only space in the world, as far as I know, that you will find the very smart, uh, advanced technologies uh, used in uh, monitoring maritime obs observation, uh, for example. You know, for looking for dinghies with refugees mostly uh, as part of you know the Frontex's uh, or the EU's exactly. technological uh, and you'll yes. also find in the same uh, let's say uh, paradigm you will also find something as a, a stupid technology like the the floating barrier that for example our government here in Greece tried to use to repel dinghies with uh, refugees uh, so th there is a, a milieu of uh, technology that uh, yeah. that's contemporary in the Mediterranean itself, as a sea, I mean. <laughs> yes, yes, and it's uh, it's uh, you know it's exported. You know uh, the, the the I don't know where they have developed this technology. I suspect there is a lot of American input as well in uh, this kind this kind of developments. Yeah, that that's the other point, right? So the only technologies that you get in the Mediterranean are control technologies. So our technologies that are involved with uh, segmenting space, partitioning, uh, stopping uh, on directing uh, flows of migrants, uh, and you, you know that that's the only one. That's the only thing that you get. So first, you know, the, there was this uh, uh, 
uh, attempt to kind of sell the technology to the uh, Arab world, especially North Africa, as a kind of emancipatory, uh, which, uh, uh, you know, they did take it seriously and, uh, you know, it, it led to some serious uh, uprisings and uh, kind of looking for political change. And then you have the Frontex thing. Uh, I think it's a, it's a question, how do you open up a space for thinking about technology and, the, and, and experimenting with technologies uh, which is uh, not, you know, where it is not identified either with something that is done somewhere else or where it is done here, it is done as an instrument of control. Of course, you have to critique, you know, because that's a recursive colonialism for you as well. Right, so it's, it's even these Frontex technologies uh, are kind of a, a return of the of the system, and and of course you need to find also ways to uh, stop that kind of development or hijack it or kind of make it impossible for that kind of technologies to be used the ways in which they are used and finding the the the, the strategies and that they would work in that in that in that context. But then you still have the task to think what would be a different idea of uh, cosmotechnics uh, for a Mediterranean space uh, conceived uh, not as a space of partitions and divisions, uh, but as a space of uh, uh, antiphony, you know, almost like the Paul G. Royce Black Atlantic. Uh, so a space where there is a color response from north to south and south to north, where sounds, you know, in the modern and traditionally influence each other and they've been borrowing from each other. Uh, it's a very partition space, and, and so it's a challenge to think about how something like, like this could happen that would not be subaltern to the American model. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to pick something up from uh, uh, from something that you mentioned earlier, uh, and this is about the you know looking into the roots of uh, technology around the, the Mediterranean. And I'd like to make this a little bit of a more open question. You seem to believe uh, in the importance of deconstructing and uh, reconstructing again and again the genealogy of media. Um, uh, why is this important? Uh, reconstructing the genealogy of media, it's important to me. Uh, modern media, like technologies as such, there is a, a work already being done on media archaeology, uh, which is interesting. Uh, it is uh, a bit, I think they're quite adverse to any idea of the social uh, and also of politics in many ways. Uh, and in that way, you know, it is not particularly interesting to me. But there is also work being done on the genealogy of uh, uh, current uh, technologies and uh, um, techniques. I'm thinking in particular, you know, I can give an example uh, of the ways in which uh, Bernard Reeder has done a, a genealogy of the kind of uh, techniques uh, that are being used in, um, in the data analytics or social analytics by platforms such as Facebook uh, through their protocols, uh, as in the Social Graph API or the Open Graph uh, uh, protocol. And you can learn things about that kind of tradition uh, through a genealogy of, uh, of these kind of forms of software as a, a starting point uh, for thinking about how can you do something different uh, with them, you know, if critique is uh, is the point where the, you can use to launch a different line, 
uh, if archaeology, the, the, the purpose of archaeology is genealogy, as Foucault would say. So it's like the actually transvaluation. So how do you transvaluate current technology? How do you uh, give them uh, a, new, uh, a new direction? How do you open them up to new possibilities without passing through the mode of the master and the slave? So you have to master appropriate technologies, put it to different, put them to different use. How do you enter into the kind of uh, uh, recursive uh, uh, moment? Uh, how do you inject it with something that will cause uh, the system to swerve in a different direction? Uh, I, I think this this is a challenge. You know, of course, I'm speaking as a as a scholar. So somebody who spends quite a lot of time trying to reflect and looking at sources and working with the archive and looking at the recent research. Uh, and then the challenge is to actually make it into something that is uh, um, as a concrete side, you know, that can connect to some kind of practice. Uh, that you need to connect to some kind of practice when you're working with the idea. And, uh, you know, that transvaluation of uh, uh, social uh, technologies today, uh, computational communication technologies, I think it's a major task. So how do you uh, kind of, uh, uh, that's again, it's a nice Foucault's quote, right? Uh, the, it's out of the struggle between uh, dominant and dominated governors and govern that new values emerge. So it's out of a class struggle, the idea of liberty uh, in, in, as an emancipation from the slavery of labor, even when it's free labor emerges. So how do you do this kind of uh, uh, transvaluation uh, uh, process? Uh, so that's, uh, that's something that we can point to and we can try to connect uh, to people who are actually working because there's an amazing amount of work being done. Uh, um, from the point of view of uh, uh, those kind of uh, experimentation with um, technology. I mean, of course, fintech, financial technologies have been involved with that in the past. That's not easy, uh, but still it was interesting. So how do you connect to artistic uh, practices, uh, technological practices, cultural practices, uh, which are trying to exploit you know, the contingent moment of recursivity to open up a new front. I, th I think that's quite a challenge. And how, how do you link that to uh, maybe something that would be a large-scale uh, uh, change in the, in, the, in the kind of values and mode of producing that we have uh, and that would, uh, you know, seem to be leading us towards catastrophe, which is, uh, you know, uh, seems to be in the kind of trajectory we are on. So how you, do you swerve that in a different direction? <laughs> and on that question, Siena Telarnova, thank you very much for joining us at the Archipelago. Thank you, thank you, Yanis.